Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com, and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. Please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives 
him to smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4AltaCalifornia.com. That's 4AltaCalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4AltaCalifornia.com. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, bringing you the best of San Francisco's underground comedy scene here every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. It's only $2. You can bring your own beer and listen to comedy here every Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., 21st in Florida. It's mutinyradio.fm. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on, every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m., House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Are you sick of reading the news? Do you even bother to read the news anymore? Do you need someone to read it to you because it's just so disgusting and depressing? If so, then the Weekly Review is the show for you. Join Roman Reimer as Roman reads the news, whether it be LGBTQ issues, cannabis legalization, prison abolition, police brutality, or many other issues that sometimes the media just doesn't feel the need to cover. Listen in, Fridays at noon, Mutiny Radio. Roman's also joined by activists, community organizers, artists, and many other great folks working to make the world a better place. Have no fear. The news is here. And if you feel like yelling about it, well then Roman will be yelling with you. The Weekly Review, Fridays at noon, on Mutiny Radio. Hello, comrades. This is your comrade, Zach Wiseman, host of government-sponsored program, Communist Folding Chairs, mandated by the Kremlin to occur every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m., broadcast by our comrades at mutinyradio.fm. Sit, relax, listen to my comrades in stand-up comedy march honorably through their cold balance sets, and other comrades make fun of them. Because in Mother Russia, if you can't laugh about starving for turnip and beet, and attention, you are a capitalist pig, and the KB, KGB will visit you shortly. Every Monday, 2 to 4 p.m.
pájaro? ¿Es un avión? ¡No! ¡Es un chimán! Looking to invest in the future of your community? Community Radio.fm and the Boys and Girls Club Mission Clubhouse needs your help. Please donate to keep the Radio Clash you listening to right now alive on the air every Thursday from 4.50 to 5.50 p.m. Donations are tax deductible. Donate outline at www.muniradio.fm or just stop by the station at 21st Street and Florida. That's 2781 21st Street and throw some cash in the big glass jar. Stop by to experience live audience friendly shows every day of the week and know that you're supporting the future of the mission by keeping free speech alive for all ages. This PSA is brought to you by your friends and community partners at muniradio.fm. Hi, I'm Chuck Weiss. If you're an old baby boomer like me, pain is probably something you've learned to live with by now. Yes, there are drugs on the market that help, but they come with side effects and shouldn't be used for extended periods of time. But fortunately, there is an effective natural pain reliever available in this state, medical cannabis. Let me tell you about Alta California Botanicals. They're a manufacturer of fine cannabis tinctures. Now you can take your medication in liquid form, much more discreet than pulling out a pipe and lighting up. Alta California Botanicals offers five different formulations, each one addressing a specific medical concern. There are two that are designed for pain, one to be swallowed, of course, and a new one for external use only. I'm going to have to try that one myself on my arthritic fingers. There's a tincture for stress and one for anxiety. They'll certainly keep you mellow. And there's even one for people who suffer from MS. The cannabis tinctures from Alta California Botanicals come in one half ounce bottles. Each batch is laboratory tested and certified free of pesticides and mold. In other words, completely natural and unadulterated. Alta California Botanicals doesn't sell directly to the public, of course, but if you visit their website at Alta, A-L-T-A, CaliforniaBotanicals.com and enter your zip code, they'll give you a list of dispensaries near you that keep their tinctures in stock. Now here's a tip for the holiday season. Keep a couple of extra bottles of the stress formula handy. It'll help maintain your cool amongst all that shopping madness. I'm Chuck Weiss for AltaCaliforniaBotanicals.com. Do you have a great idea for a product or service but don't know where to start? Are you looking to expand your current business? Women's Initiative of San Francisco began its business management training program for low-income, high-potential women in 1988. To attend a free orientation on how you can achieve your dream of starting your own business, or for more information, please contact 415-641-3460 or visit womensinitiative.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Planned Parenthood is a trusted healthcare provider, an informed educator, a passionate advocate, and a global partner helping similar organizations around the world. Planned Parenthood delivers vital reproductive health care, sex education, and information to millions of women, men, and young people worldwide. For nearly 100 years, Planned Parenthood has promoted a common sense approach to women's health and well-being based on respect for each individual's rights to make informed, independent decisions about health, sex, and family planning. 
please visit PlannedParenthood.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. The Berkeley Free Clinic was founded in 1969 as a street medicine clinic, but quickly found a permanent home in the Berkeley community. It has become an icon in the area and has served countless thousands in a variety of ways during its 45-year history. Fees have never been charged for any services, materials, medications, or supplies provided at the Berkeley Free Clinic. Income has been generated solely via individual or organizational donations and government programs. To volunteer your time or to make a donation, or for more information, visit berkeleyfreeclinic.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Uh, hello and welcome to Women's Magazine. This is Global Value. Thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio FM. We're broadcasting live here from the Mission District of San Francisco, my hometown. But uh, it's it's a it's an interconnected world. It's this big, beautiful, round world that we live in, and so we're always looking at the bigger picture because this planet is home to everybody. And my guest today is one of my favorite globetrotters of all time, uh, Sylvia Frain, who's visiting all the way from Dunedin, New Zealand. I don't know if I'm making that up as an accent, but uh, that, that, that's what I go. Sylvia, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. You know what? I realized that uh, maybe this, this microphone here is the one that is uh, picking up your voice. Thank you. It's great to be here. It is great to have you here. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, so the reason why Sylvia's here today, and we're going to get started in just a, a moment or so, um, is because we are focusing, we're highlighting some really big issues going on in the Pacific Islands, um, namely that on the islands uh, the, of Tinian and Pagan, which is part of the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands, um, which already has a, a a military presence. Um, the U.S. Department of Defense has proposed live fire testing of uh, military, basically live fire military training practices, which would be from land, by air, and by sea, of uh, different parts of, of this be- these beautiful islands, and essentially uh, sequestering 
a lot of their the people who live on the island of Tinian behind you know fences and things to to restrict them access to these live fire ranges. Um, so still, I hate to do this to you one more time because I realize with that microphone it wasn't connected. See see that one that hanging out in the air right there. There's no line. There's no cord going in. Come on over and have a seat. <laughs> We're making it happen. This is what we do at Mutiny Radio. This is live radio, folks. And thankfully, we're a free speech radio station. And, uh, and we're not, uh, you know, we're not uh, beholden to anybody or any regulations. So we just, we take our time and, and we, we make it work. So, still, thank you for, Sylvia, thank you for being here. Thank you. And being so flexible. If, if, if I'm nothing else. Um, so, so, still. You are, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about your studies. Sure. So I'm currently a PhD student at the University of Otago on the South Island of Aotearoa, New Zealand. It's based in the city of Dunedin. Um, not the most southern city, second to most southern, but very cold. And there are penguins that live uh, on the beach there. Um, and my studies is within the National Center for Peace and Conflict Studies. It is a division of the University of Otago, and all master's and PhD students are currently focusing on different regional st and stages of conflicts, um, as well as uh, conflict prevention, mediation, uh, peace building, different elements associated with what we call peace and conflict studies. So I feel very lucky that I'm able to be a part of that. It's a three-year PhD program. There are students from all over the world, all different backgrounds, looking at all different aspects and um, issues relating to peace and conflict studies. And so what is your region of study and what is your stage of conflict that you focused on? Excellent. So my PhD is looking at um, specifically militarization of the Pacific. So there is a, a long history and a legacy there of particularly U the United States uh, influences in the region. So um, currently what is happening is usually somehow tied to uh, the outcomes of World War II and uh, the U.S. military's um, territorial uh, takings after uh, the Spanish-American War in um, 1898. So a lot of these colonial and military histories are currently playing out in specifically the Marianas right now. Um, and so I'm looking at how the local people and the people who do live in these islands, as well as here in America, are responding to the Department of Defense's plans for the region. And I know you're also focused on, well, let, can you give people an idea of where the, the, the Northern Mariana Islands are and what they're comprised of? Sure. So um, the entire uh, archipelago of the Mariana Islands, it's made up of 15 islands. However, um, the biggest island, the southernmost island, is Guam, or Guahan, and it has a different political status than the rest of the islands, the northern Mariana Islands, the upper 14, um, which are the n commonwealth of the northern Mariana Islands. So um, these islands are located near the Marianas Trench, which is the deepest part of 
the ocean of the, of the world. Um, some people might be familiar with James Cameron when he uh, took his submarine and submerged down there. Um, it's close to the Philippines. It's just due north of Papua New Guinea. It's on the same time zone as the eastern coast of Australia. Um, with that being said, it's 8,000 miles from Washington, D.C. However, Congress has um, the ultimate say over what happens in the islands, as well as the Department of Defense. And from what I understand, um, I know that because they're a commonwealth, they actually do have uh, local governments and, represent, and representation and, and voting rights, but also that they only have a, a, a delegate in, in Washington, D.C., who only gets to vote in committee but doesn't actually get to vote on the floor of the, of the is it the Senate or the, or the, House? the House? The House, right? House of Representatives. Um, what, what's the difference between uh, most of these islands? What's it, what, what, what distinguishes Guam? What's their distinction in terms of the, what they are in the eyes of the U.S. government? So Guam is actually uh, considered, according to the U.N., it's um, on one of the... I believe it's 16 colonies that are supposed to be decolonized. Um, a few of them are Pacific Islands, um, but Guam is listed as a place to be decolonized. So it's currently a possession of the United States. It's not a part of the United States. The people who live there are U.S. citizens. They carry a U.S. passport. However, they do not vote and cannot vote in presidential elections. And yes, they do have their local government and local elections there. However, Congress does have the final say for um, uh, the funding um, laws that may have been passed but then are overturned by Congress. So it's really in this gray area of it is a modern day colony of the United States. Very interesting. Um, you know, I think because they are 8,000 miles away from Washington, D.C. and, and mainland uh, U United States, um, people aren't thinking about them. Um, hmm. Give us a picture of, and we'll get deeper into the new plans that the U.S. Department of Defense is proposing, but give us a picture of what the military, U.S. military presence is currently, or what, and maybe what it has been over the past um, you know, number of years. Sure. Uh, the... The history of the Marianas is, as it's usually told, is always intertwined from a military perspective. People are familiar with the war for Saipan, one of the bloodiest battles in World War II, um, the, the strategic importance of Guam and the Marianas during World War II. Um, and uh, the island of Tinian in the northern Marianas was actually where we launched the nuclear weapons from that we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So it's always played a very strategic and important role um, within the United States role, military role in the world. Even um, after Vietnam, many of the Vietnamese who were evacuated were taken through Guam, used as a quarantine there. Um, so it has this very historical military role with the United States. What I'm interested in, though, is I feel like that has been studied, that has been analyzed, that has been written about, it's continued to be written about, but what about the other side of the story? What about the people who are from there, who um, are connected to the land, who d don't 
want to live anywhere else. That is their home. That is where their ancestors are from. And so it's not very often that we hear that pr side of the story and that perspective. Um, yeah. And and give us, because I know you've spent a, a good amount of time on, on Guam. And so what is the relationship between the the people of Guam and you know, the, the native people of Guam and the military, U.S. military presence there. Yes. So to bring it up to speed, um, the, currently one third of the island of Guam's landmass is some type of military installation, is some type of Department of Defense property. So we have all branches of the U.S. forces there, Coast Guard, uh, Air Force, Marines, Army, you name it. They are currently on Guam. So with one-third of the island under Department of Defense control, much of this land was taken after World War II um, as, a, as they recaptured Guam from the Japanese. The Japanese had occupied Guam for three years during World War II and was a very brutal regi regime. So the local people on Guam, the majority are Chamorro, welcome the U.S. military, welcome the Marines. And every July they actually, there's a celebration called Liberation Day to celebrate the day that, quote unquote, liberated from the Japanese. However, a few question the, the choice of words of Liberation Day if you are still not having full representation in the um, organized government that liberated you. Um, so currently one third of the island is a military base and that does also include does not include the airspace that is taken up the sea so the restricted fishing rights um, as well as the people so the people of the Marianas as I said they are American citizens and with the, the history of World War II and the Marines coming and liberating Guam um, there is this huge very patriotic uh, Patriotic, patriotic calling uh, for Chamorro people to serve in the armed services. So they serve in the, the, for the Department of Defense at rates higher than any other state in the nation, that, and I believe only second to America, Samoa. So people of the Marianas have either served in the military, they know someone in their mil the military, active, retired, you name it. Ev uh, a huge portion of their life is connected to the military. Uh, shortly after World War II, Guam used to be self-sustaining. So they used to be able to grow their own food, make their own supplies. There was trading amongst other islands. Post-World War II, it was the American um, agenda to create a, a cash-based economy. So today, Guam's current situation, food situation, if the ships stopped coming, there would be two weeks supply of food for the island. And you tie that into, we're seeing an increased activity in the typhoon season, and that can create many, many disasters. Actually, one that is currently unfolding now. But if you look at one-third of the island's physical occupation is by the Department of Defense, as well as the high numbers of enlistees who um, serve in the U.S. forces. It really starts painting a very different picture um, of the current situation in the Marianas today. And it's with this historical context that 
people are responding to the Department of Defense's increased military plans. And I know that they they have uh, some increased military plans for Tinian and Pagan, but what are the, what are the increased are, are there plans as well to expand on Guam? Because I know you've got yes. So here's here's the current issue, and so these plans aren't haven't just come about overnight. Um, they have been in the works since early 2000. So it's part of this foreign policy pivot to the Pacific. So this idea that the Pacific needs to be militarized to protect America's interests from essentially China. Um, and so this has been in the works for many, many years. The first proposal that was put for, and I believe it was 2005, 2006, um, selected this ancient village uh, Paget to be used as uh, an area of where uh, a five complex live firing range um, structure would be built. So essentially using this sacred area of the island for live firing range. So we're talking about machine guns, hand grenades, uh, small firearms, light weapons from, from land as well as from sea. Um, and luckily, there were enough people on Guam as well as people in solidarity off island who said that this is absolutely outrageous. And I believe it was Earth Justice as well as many other organizations working together um, and from Guam, a coalition called We Are Guahan that was made up of concerned people as well as a few lawyers who were able to put a lawsuit forward and actually won against the Department of Defense, and that was in 2010, saying that this is not a good place for a live firing range, that it's a protected, should be a protected sacred cultural site. So the military had to go back and renegotiate. So this is what brings us up to where, where we are today. So the preferred alternative to this sacred land area of Paget is now Retidian Wildlife Refuge. This is a, an area of the island that is controlled by, it is a national, so it's an American wildlife refuge. It's home to many, many endangered species, as well as cultural artifacts that are even just, I believe it was about a year ago, that have been quote unquote rediscovered. So we have archeologists coming from all over the world working at this location, finding artifacts that are dating close to 4,000 years old. Um, oh, and this is, are, are we still talking about the, on the island of Guam? Yes, okay. this is on Interesting. Guam. Okay. This is on the northern part of Guam. And actually that land that is now a national wildlife refuge was one of the lands that was promised to be returned to the uh, family landowners after World War II, who are currently still waiting for war reparations as well as land land compensation. So instead of it being returned to the landowners, I think this was in 93, it was handed over to the federal government, which sounds like an excellent idea. It's going to be a wildlife refuge. We're going to have turtle nesting. It's the, you know, the one area of island where many species only live there. Um, what we're, concerned activists in the early 90s and the landowner was saying that because it's part of now the federal government, it makes it much easier for the federal government to work with the Department of Defense. Because when it comes with the, to the Department of Defense, they have jurisdiction over other federal government agencies. If it's in the name of national security, you put aside the wildlife refuge 
and you go, you keep the mission. You, national security is the priority. It doesn't matter about this wildlife refuge. They say that it can be relocated, that there's going to be mitigation, that the military is allowed, quote unquote, so many kills. They even acknowledge that it's going to have a negative impact on the environment as well as the species. Um, the, the, the specifics. Once you start looking through these large documents that are released every time one of these decisions are made, so the environmental impact statements, they're thousands of pages long. They're extremely technical. The military has very, very sophisticated and capable people who are working around the clock for years creating these statements. And once they're released, it's up to the local population. The it varies. Usually it's from 30 to 120 days to respond to these documents um, with the, the commenting period. So that's where we're at right now for the island of Guam, Guahan. And uh, from my experience, I see that what's happening with the community is what's almost called build up, burnt out. So the military build up, like we've said, these plans have been happening for years and years. We're now 10 years in. And residents and people who live there, they're exhausted. They're exhausted of responding to these documents every time they're released. They're exhausted of trying to convince even their local uh, politicians to think about beyond what you, uh, the, the bottom line, the fact that it's going to, quote, create jobs, be good for the economy. If you dig below that, you see that many of the jobs are going to go to off-island workers. They're low wage. There's no guarantee that once the buildup is through that the jobs will continue. There's just many, many gaps um, with, and that's currently what's happening on, on Guam. And so, wow. <laughs> Sylvia, I'm so glad you were able to come in today and, and explain uh, what's, what's been going on because these are American territories. These are people who live there are American citizens, yes. but with the with not the same uh, rights um, as the rest of us American citizens. Yes. Um, so that's the that's the status quo with Guam. So there is it. We're right now we're in a, a waiting period, a holding pattern. We're waiting for the final record of decision to be be released. I believe it's going to be towards the end of the summer. And how this process works is like these documents are released with the specifics of what um, the military plan is. So what the military is saying is we're not bombing directly into the wildlife refuge. It's going to just be part of the surface danger zone. So essentially, the wildlife refuge is located at the bottom of these beautiful cliffs on the north part of Guam. And the mil military's goal is to fire whatever explosives, ordinances, off these cliffs into the, the water. For one, because if you put it in the ocean, you're not required to clean it up. And two, it's the easiest location because it's already adjacent to um, Department of Defense land. So they're saying that this is an ideal location for what they would like to do. However, I spoke with people who worked for the Guam government, for the Historical Preserva Preservation Trust. Several archaeologists have written public statements saying that this is actually the worst location due to the impact it will have, as well as the uh, amount of money it will cost to construct this. So 
in this bizarre ongoings of this planned military buildup, the one person that ironically, I don't know if he's intentionally becoming not necessarily an ally, but at least someone who's raising the questions is John McCain, because he is ultimately always concerned about the cost of spending when it comes to the Department of Defense. And although he had, has just um, taken away any funding that's not directly related to defense, so any support systems relating to the families, he's, he's not for. He's for cutting that back. So if it's not direct related directly towards defense, he doesn't want to fund it. And part of this huge buildup, it's going to cost taxpayers, you and I, millions and millions and millions of dollars to construct these structures to carry out these exercises and so he's been the one person that's almost been you know raising his hand and voicing concerns saying this is not a good return on your investment if you are planning these training exercises there's much cheaper locations to do it in there's much cheaper uh, manners and processes to use, that it's way above and beyond. He, he sees that it's ridiculous. That is an interesting, um, <laughs> av, well, yeah, someone who will, may, well, ally, yeah, is a strong word, but someone who is, is looking at it from, from that perspective. <clears throat> so let's jump over to the other Mariana Islands of Tinian and Pagan, because there's the new uh, joint military training exercises plan um, for the islands of Tinian and Pagan, part of the, the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. Um, and uh, just to, to kind of read off some of the things that, the, that they're planning there um, is, so, so basically the, the U.S. Department of Defense already leases a large portion of the island of Tinian. Yes. Um, and, and there are people who live on Tinian. Yes. But they want to, uh, from what I understand, they want to expand that lease and also not only uh, continue to use the land that they have now, but also uh, use, uh, again, cr do live fire military training. Mm -hmm. um, and that would actually relocate some of the people who are currently living there into restricted areas. Uh, we're talking about basically moving people out of their away from their homes and putting up a fence and saying you can't go past here because we're going to be doing live fire testing um, military from land, air, and sea. And then the island of, of Pagan or Pagan, Pagan. Pagan um, is they want to lease the entire island, and 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 they would. The, the plan is to do live fire and non-live fire training operations up to 16 weeks and potentially 40 weeks every year. Yeah. Let's talk about this, this plan here. So the Northern Mariana Islands are so close to Guam. You can see Rota or Luta, the southernmost Northern Mariana Islands from Retidian. So it's not like these islands are... Ge uh, geographically separate or anything like that. This political and um, what it, one of the phrases is uh, like an empire boundary was created after by the Spanish in the late 1890s. So essentially America got Guam from the Spanish at the same time we received the Philippines, Cuba, um, whereas the Northern Marianas were actually sold to the Germans. So it was German controlled. So they have a different colonial history. 
Um, and then because of that division by the colonizers, um, a different political history as we see today. And because of that, from what I've experienced, and the complexities of World War II, although everyone from those islands is indigenous Chamorro or Carolinian, so from other islands coming over, there is a pretty big division between Guam and the Northern Marianas amongst the people. So it's, uh, in a weird way, it's these col colonial boundaries are now almost manifested within the culture of the people without essentially even realizing it or intentionalizing it. So what activists are trying to do now in the Marianas are, is reunite everybody. That often the US military doesn't see a separation between the two when they're making these plans for where they want to um, carry out live firing. So the, the, the great overall plan is relocating 8,000 Marines from Okinawa, Japan, housing them on Guam, carrying out some of the exercises on Guam, using Tinian for additional exercises, as well as the entire island of Pagan for additional exercises. Whereas even Saipan would be used for more as the idea of rest and relaxation, R&R. Well, those who work around military, US military bases and do anti-base work know what happens when you mil build a military base. So the reason that the 8,000 Marines are even being relocated from Okinawa has been years and years and years of protest. In addition to the US military's, I don't really even know how to describe it. It's beyond unneighborly, but there's been a lot of violence um, on the community, particularly against women and girls. In Okinawa. In Okinawa. Yeah. Sexual violence. So that is even why they're relocating the Marines. However, there's very little conversation about that on Guam. And the Marines that are being relocated, they're being relocated specifically for training. So it's going to be young Marines, 18 to 25 years old, without their families, without any connection to the, the community. They're on six-month rotations. They're being trained to essentially kill. And so a lot of that, off, to blow off steam, I guess, you see uh, a dramatic increase in human trafficking as well as drinking establishments. Um, and by all means, I, I'm not saying that this is representative of the entire armed forces, the de entire Department of Defense, um, uh, even entire Marines. Um, I'm very happy to be an American citizen, and I understand that there are huge, huge sacrifices. But to not even address these issues and to not even mention these issues, I, for me personally, as well as the people I've been speaking with, that is their number one concern. So activists are trying to now work together and say, what are some of the lessons we learned with Guam? What are some of the lessons we learned during that lawsuit um, against the Department of Defense and their selection of sacred lands for live firing? And how can we use that experience that happened in uh, this victory in 2010, and how can we apply that f to the Northern Marianas Islands? Because what's happening in the Northern, Ma Northern Marianas Islands, and from the people I've been speaking with, they are not, they're saying, we are not anti-American. We are <laughs> so patriotic. We serve in the military at high, high rates, as well as we're not anti-military. We serve 
in the military. And um, but what where we do draw the line is you will not use are very scarce. These islands are very total land mass is very very small. Um, we will not let you use our sacred lands for live firing range ranges. There's are they already have a lease on one of the more northern Mariana Islands. Um, people refer to it as FDM, and that is the military already has live firing capabilities on that island. They use they bombard it on nearly a weekly basis. Uh, the the topography of the island has changed because of these live firing ranges. So they already have an entire island. And going back to Ritidian, excuse me, Tinian, the small island where we launched the atomic weapons from, two thirds of the island is under a uh, military lease. However, when they were building when they were getting approval, I believe this was in the 70s, to have a U.S. military presence on Tinian, an official one, um, the people of Tinian were promised once again it would be good for the economy, it would be good for jobs, they were going to build a military base. This is in the 70s on Tinian. And instead of that happening, um, they, the people now no longer have access to two-thirds of their island. The, the military base was never built. And in fact, I've, I hear that the U.S. military now leases back some of that land to the local population so they could raise cattle. So it's the military is leasing the land from the people only to lease it back to them for, uh, I'm assuming, much higher rates because these leases that we are talking about, it's not like a lease between you and your landlord. It's, it's more of a, um, a power control lease. And the, just to clarify with Tinian, I, do, I don't believe they're going to take any additional land on Tinian, but what concerns the people, there there's elementary school there, there's high school there, people live there, is the noise pollution. How can you have, this island is teeny, you fly over it in less than 30 seconds. Right, it's, Tinian has a population of about 3,000 people. 3,000 people. And some change. Yeah. yeah. And so it's the, it's the noise pollution. It's the toxicity. You can't conduct these live firing exercises on an island that people already live on. And then to look at Pagan, which is repeatedly termed as uninhabited, the, there's no one living there, is a much more complex story than that, which is, in fact, untrue um, about people not living there. Because there's actually a live volcano on Pagan, right? Yes. Yes. So, so the U.S. W wants to uh, bomb into the bomb volcano. bomb the volcano. Yeah. Doesn't this just sound like yeah like little like games that little kids imagine? You know, I, uh, to me, it it just sounds ridiculous. But that's you know that's me. Um, but with the uh, with Tinian though, I mean they they want to lease areas of the international airport and the port of Tinian. Mm -hmm. um, they want to build uh, permanent facilities like roads, fences, pipelines, training facilities, watercraft landings, munitions storage, uh, utilities, et cetera, et cetera. I mean when you think about uh, having such a tiny island, and then you're going to increase the amount of uh, you know ordnance. Um, and and essentially, you know, sh shove people to the side mm -hmm. so that that you can bomb from the sky. I mean, let's let's take a step back and actually look at 
what that does to people. I mean, if you lived next to a war zone, or if you lived in a war zone, it's a very, very, very traumatic experience. So if you are growing up or not even growing up, if you're of any age, and if you were to live next to a live fire uh, range where there are uh, grenades and, you know, coming out, coming from the sky, from the sea, that's highly traumatic. And they're not even in a war, you know, necessarily. And relating to that, you have a very high population of veterans. So people who have served six, seven, eight tours overseas. Right. And so this is the community that they're coming home to. And additional talking about the veterans, um, we've heard stories nationwide about the ineffectiveness of the uh, VA. However, so I believe it's something like one in eight uh, people are veterans on Guam, and that's actually not even a correct number. They don't even know how many people are veterans on Guam because they never have enough money to conduct the survey. So they only can base it off of numbers of people who have seeked care who are currently in the system. However, they don't have any um, complete PTSD treatment on Guam. The closest treatment center is Hawaii. And so you're talking about a population that has an ex- excremental high, uh, exponentially high rate of people who have served, who may or may not need um, complex or uh, complete services, and those services aren't even available on Guam on the island. So now to talk about having, yes, in addition to that, live firing ranges on a community who uh, the majority have are veterans and who have some type or level of PTSD. It's it's even greater than if, you know, if they would plan to have this in Docklands or over in Berkeley or something like that, that these are the kind of things that you have to think about. Like, these are these people's homes, their backyards, their right. livelihoods. I even heard some of the cattle farmers are worried that the cows would be stressed out and then oh, they yeah. wouldn't be pr- producing, reproducing and breeding. So Right. It's. I mean, I, I kind of got a little heated earlier and said ridiculous, but essentially it's irresponsible. Irresponsible. And it's not taking into account the people who are living there. It's, it's, it's utilizing... The, you know, the U.S. Department of Defense is utilizing their power, their discretion um, in areas where, although they're inhabited by U.S. citizens, these citizens are not empowered. They're disenfranchised in the sense that, that they um, only get to vote locally, um, not in presidential elections, and that their delegates in, in the House of Representatives don't mm-hmm. get to vote either. So um, it's kind of like picking on the little guy. You know, it's 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 an easy target. Yes. You know, in more ways than one. Yes. And one of the things is that they would also be restricting a lot of the, the water, um, the water access. And from what I understand, uh, fishing is one of the you know one of their main, um, you know, uh, means of of subsistence. Yes. Yes. So uh, some of the navigators. So we have many people um, in the Marianas who are learning the traditional ways of navigation since um, that used to be one of the, it even awed all of the colonists and the Spanish who came to the Marianas 
They called them the flying proas because they were able to build these sakman, these small maneuvering ships that literally glided over the reefs. So when I'm speaking with some of the, the navigators today, they say, you know, that these practices and this proposal would limit their their ability to even move from island to island. So not only are you talking about taking more physical land, you would be able to, it would be restricting movement. You wouldn't be able to go from Tinian to Luta to back to Saipan to, you wouldn't be able, there would be completely inaccessible and cut off. So from this point, moving forward, as these joint military training exercises, its plans are in, in review, mm-hmm. um, I know we have been in contact, you've been in contact with a group called Alternative Zero, because with the joint military training exercises, they have Alternative 1, 2, and 3, mm-hmm. and the, the group has formed uh, to form Alternative Zero, which is to say just you don't do this to our islands, to our people, to our environment, to our um, to our local economy and subsistence um, and our way of life. So as we wrap up the show today, how can people get more information, get involved, um, help or lend lend their um, lend their voices to uh, to bring this bring this issue to the forefront? Absolutely. I guess what the biggest challenge for the people of the Marianas is national coverage, national media. You're able to get it covered locally, so in your little local um, newspapers and online, and you're able to get attention internationally because it is really an international law issue. Um, But the national media, for some reason, um, is the slowest to pick up on it. Um, So what the, the goal right now is to just really spread awareness. The belief is that if other American citizens know that this is happening to American citizens who aren't able to be representative fully and do not want this to happen in the way that it is currently planned, um, that, that is where different organizations are popping up. So many, many are on Facebook. Um, Alternative Zero Coalition is on Facebook. We are Guahan. And Guahan is G-U-A-H-A-N. Our Islands Are Sacred is also another organization that uses um, art and spoken word to connect with culture as well as just promote the fact that this is sacred land and this is a sacred culture. And... um, I also feel like I need to say that this isn't one monolithic issue. It is extremely complex, and you will get different perspectives depending on whom you speak to, um, their generate, their age, uh, where they live. It's not like everyone is a hundred percent in one camp or the other. Some welcome the buildup, some don't. Um, it's a very, it's all over, all over the place. But those who are actively and uh, speaking out, most of it is organized online. And I think that that's for several reasons. I'm going to 
try to inquire a little bit more. But um, I would say the best way if people want to learn more and get involved is is really looking um, online. So there's several organizations. Uh, Pagan Watch. So Pagan is P-A-G-A-N. And that um, organization also takes an environmental uh, look at the island of Pagan, the one that they would like to bomb in the volcano. Um, it is home to several um, uh, unique species as well. So I know there's folks out of Hawaii who are doing work from the environmental side. Um, I manage a Facebook page called Oceana Resistance, and Oceana is O-C-E-A-N-I-I-A. -I yeah. Um, and the comment period. So every time the Department of Defense issues an environmental impact statement, they do make it available online. And America has uh, a limited period of time to submit comments. So you can submit comments online. And you can write in response to specific things that are in that thousand page document. You could write why you disagree or agree with certain things within that document. Um, and the military does claim that each comment is reviewed and taken into consideration for the next uh, uh, environmental impact statement that will be released. So my suggestion is to um, get online. Feel free to contact any of those organizations, Alternative Zero Coalition, Our Islands Are Sacred, We Are Guahan, Oceana Resistance. Um, you can probably post my email to the to the site as well, um, and it's just really spreading spreading awareness. The comment period um, has been extended now. It's through October first. Um, the military extended the comment period because currently Saipan has no power or water due to a typhoon. So. Um, it's also interesting trying to navigate all of these issues uh, while dealing with huge storms and typhoons. So help them out. Yeah. Well, you have certainly navigated us uh, and our listeners through a lot of very complex issues uh, concerning American territory um, and the people who live there and what the military has planned for those places and those people. So Sylvia Frayne, I want to thank you for your expertise um, and for so succinctly uh, giving us a, a bigger picture of what's happening and how people can get involved and um, and lend lend your voice to, um, like she said, any whether you, you're opposed uh, completely or if there are just parts of it that um, are striking to you. Um, but uh, we do want to lend our support to the people of the Northern Marianas who are resisting live fire military training expansion on their islands, their home, their environment, and the waters and, and lands therein. Um, so thank you so much for being my guest. I'm so happy to have you here at, Mut at Mutiny Radio here in San Francisco. Thanks for listening to Women's Magazine. Uh, this show 
If you're listening live, uh, the show will become a podcast on mutinyradio.fm. That's M-U-T-I-N-Y radio.fm in just usually over the weekend. Um, So that will be up and I'll be sharing that on our women's magazine with Global Val uh, Facebook page and with the Oceania Resistance and Sylvia Frain's Facebook page as well um, to to help spread the word and send our love out. Um, because as we saw with Guam, they were able to uh, stop that particular area of sacred ground from becoming a live fire range. And so anything is possible. Yes. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, that inspiration is contagious. Yes. Peace and thank you. And here's some uh, NACO and medicine for the people. Wash it away. It's a crack in time. A wrinkle falling from the nest. Young eagle, I will pull my feathers out. Stay humble. Stay humble. Taking what the leavers will leave So Greet me the black prince who carried on Such a loud voice For a tiny creature wow. Teach me to let go Of all of my pain I do forgive I don't forget these things I do forgive I don't forget these things So We burn the blue gum for a safe passageway Drink of the earth, smoke of the dirt, and my war paint was red oak of clay, okay. Red oak of clay, okay. Red oak of clay, well. Our prayers ignite and cast out into the shire, and the song of our struggle came straight from the fire. It goes, holy, holy, grandmother, we sing. Wash us clean of our pain and suffering Give us strength for our new beginnings In my deepest grace I sing It'll wash away, it will wash away Lift him up, it'll wash away It will wash away, lift him up It'll wash away, it will wash away Lift him up, it'll wash away It will wash away Passed in one hand, you said, You come to be with the rainbow serpent. Red hands, red land, red worship. Red hands, red land, red worship. Just in our 
hurt wish mama crying in the chasms for a stolen generation and the children that have it come home come home stay home come home come home stay home my bullets are my words and my words are my weapons so chain me to the pipeline for our rivers and mountains we sing Today's a good day for my ego to die. Today's a good day for my ego to die. Spirit live on in my heart, in my body, my mind. In my body, my mind. Then Sister Crow came with the murder that day. So we tapped to the bird nation onto our faces. She said, we sing to let go of all of our pain. Dance the story to remember when things changed. Remember when things changed. Remember when things changed. Holy, holy grandmother, we sing. Wash us clean of our pain and suffering. Give us strength for our new beginning. Thanks, I sing. It wash away, it will wash away. Lift them up, it wash away, it will wash away. Lift them up, it wash away, it will wash away. Lift them up, it wash away, it will wash away. Lift them up. Into separate countries to this old song, so familiar to memory. The road will teach you how to love and let go. It can be lonely, but it's the only thing that we've ever known. It can be lonely, but it's the only thing that we've ever known. Our mamas told us, let go of jealousy. And for vagabonds and vagrants that won't come so easy We've come from nothing, nothing We have come from nothing, nothing I traveled halfway across the country and back Only to find love undefined And I'm okay with that Cause I'm gonna be a guardian Be a man among men Be a guardian be a man among men, or be a woman among women. Be a guardian, be my friend. Oh, be my friend. Teach me to love you in a different way. Same cuts, same guts, same crazy. Same cuts, same guts, same crazy. It'll wash away, it will wash away, lift them up. It'll wash away, it will wash away, lift them up. It'll wash away, it will wash away, lift them up. It'll wash away, it'll wash away, lift them up.
Good. Ooh. So good. Okay. You. John Mark, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I think I'll do is, because um, he plays the guitar in this one? Yeah. So I'll let you use this microphone, and then he can play there and okay. use that microphone. And I'll use the other microphone. Jean-Marc, it's always good to see you, my brother. It's always a pleasure to see you, David. You sexy man. Oh, thanks, buddy. Likewise. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's been a long time since I've done this I know, it's song. crazy. And I remember... Wait, when is the last so, time I remember I met you before. Yeah. And then I didn't see you for a long time. And then I was hanging out with you over in the uh, Ocean Beach area. And uh, Ocean Beach? Probably. Sunset area, right? Uh -huh. And then you guys were just starting to bloom this little song. And you had this idea in mind. And then, oh, yeah. and then this beautiful okay. construction. Java. Java yeah. Hut? Yeah. yeah. Java <laughs> Java. Java. Uh, yeah. Java spot. Java spot. What is it called? Java Beach. Did yeah. it. Yeah. I love that place. Coming up next is the Common Thread Collective. We're doing it right. We're just getting it set, set up, getting the mic set up, but people are showing up already. So we are uh, happy to be here at Mutiny Radio. It's August 21st, 2015. Here's some tunes for you for just a couple minutes, and we'll be back. still standing here right now and i haven't changed my mind please open up your mind so you could try to see what's right because i don't want to ever Keep me on my toes 
your battles right Cause I Got a lot of time, cause I don't even wanna fight. So sorry, but I won't change my mind. No. Welcome. Friday, Friday, Friday. Hello and welcome. This is the Common Thread Collective on MutinyRadio.fm. We're here every Friday from 3 to 6 at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets. We hope you can come down and join us. This is an open door, open mic, open minds, open heart community extravaganza every Friday from 3 to 6. Uh, Come down with your music, your poetry, your activism, uh, and all sorts of good stuff that you got going on in the world. I'm Global Val, and Diamond Dave is here, too. We're getting some microphones set up for everybody. I know that Blood Flower is sitting over there at the piano, so I think he's going to open up for us.
like that final footnote, that opening of the door. Let's uh, people, let people know that this is once again another Friday here in the mission, spread around the planet and the internet, talking about the Common Thread Collective. We'll be casting that wide net. We'll be finding that common thread. And if all goes well, which I think it will, we'll be letting it flourish and saying, don't panic, keep it organic. There's a bunch of folks here putting forth from where they're coming from, and we're gonna get on the same page, get out of the box and push the envelope. Hey, Calvin, I have Calvin Welch with me. And with Calvin, that's how it works. Uh, we're gonna get on the same page, get out of the box, and push the envelope. Hey, Fernando, just came to the door. So Calvin, you and I go way back uh, to the early 70s, I think. We've, uh, in fact, I took you on that walk around. I remember when you came back from Mahari, from Uganda, from the university, and came back here, came back to San Francisco. It was to the earliest 70, yeah, it was 1970, yeah. It was 1970, when to quote Bob Dylan, it was music in the cafe at night and revolution in the air. And in fact, Hate Street, I took you on your, your first walk around after we connected. I forgot, oh, it was Bruce Fortin, I think, who connected us, is that I, right? I think that's correct. I think at at, uh, at USF <clears throat> and at the, the, the Zen Center, even before that, because he's with his fellow, uh, the fellow who, who crossed, left the hate to hate about that time and went down to start, uh, start the farm in Tennessee. He was the advance man for Steve Gaskin's caravan. For yeah. Steve Gaskin. Yeah. But he brought us together, and you soon came up and was teaching our class, which was called, uh, uh, let me give you a little background to folks, and then we'll, we'll cut to the chase. And, and uh, soon you were taking, uh, you, we hooked you up to get a job at USF in the Urban Life Program, and uh, to provide the education for the New Careers Program, where we would, uh, which was my working life, really. Uh, way back then, 1968, 69, and 70, which was where we'd go to school half a day, work a half day, and, and become community workers, and we're still doing it. Yep, yep, yep. Still, but the seeds were planted then. In fact, my son Ubi is here, here's Ubi, and he was a baby, was a baby in arms then. I think he was two years old. Now he's a middle-aged dude. And we're older, 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 but we're still here. So Calvin, you've been in this struggle for quite some time. I remember uh, the first one, which out of the hate, out of 409 House, we'd get together, we'd have a meeting with all the various elements, the Good Earth Commune, uh, uh, and various elements coming together, Tom McCarthy, various elements come together, and really this is about neighborhood power, it was about uh, a kind of a collective anarchy with the idea, we didn't voice it exactly then, get together in your neighborhood, work together in the neighborhood, and then reach out and reach out, and that was even before the time of the social media. So when we said reach out, we, had to, we did reach out. District elections, the first district elections come up, giving a num, num, a, num uh, a thumbnail in history, history, and hipstery, and reaching out to the other communities through KPO Radio, Waypack, the Waypack, and the Fillmore, and beyond. The Community Congress. And yep. the Community Congress, the first Community Congress. In fact, I got a call, he was gonna come through, a guy who was doing a, doing a, a history of the first Community Congress and bringing it back. So that's happening, you probably hear from him, I don't know if you know. Yeah, meet, uh, meet with him Monday. Oh, perfect. So all these connections still go on and we got this history, but this happens to be today. This man, I say, at city, in the city, on the planet, in the street. And uh, two, uh, uh, twice in the last month or so, coming back from the, I think before I went to the Rainbow Gathering, twice we went down from the mission, occupied City Hall, uh, 
occupied City Hall the first time in front of the mayor's office to alert the mayor, hey, we're, it's not over. Hey, your redevelopment, your gentrification. Of course, Calvin, you remember the first gentrification up in the hate. Well, and the first, and that was another mayor named Joseph Aliotto. He had his connections too. Yes, he did. And now we're talking about new connections. The, 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 our brother Tony Sarah, working, uh, who's, uh, who's representing Shrimp Boy, is bringing some connections uh, today. And we saw some of the folks we knew back then who are still connected. And I mean connected in that old-fashioned sense, that, in the old-fashioned sense. But anyway, Calvin, you're here. First district elections, second district elections. Various things in the ballot to try to keep, uh, try to, to try to slow down the gentrification that's going on. Well, it's still going on, and let's uh, start with now. The past shakes hands with the future to the now, and you're involved with, with, with some four, four uh, propositions which will be on the ballot. Let's talk a bit about that. Yeah, uh, the propositions that'll be on uh, this November's ballot that attempts to address the profound um, uh, pressures at San Francisco that resident communities in San Francisco are under um, uh, today uh, um, is uh, uh, three of the measures actually came directly from community struggles uh, and the fourth measure came uh, greatly informed uh, by uh, community struggles. Uh, two of the measures uh, that will be on the ballot were done by uh, initiative uh, uh, petitions, that is San Franciscans actually signed a petition uh, to put the matter on the ballot because the Board of Supervisors refused to address. Those two are the mission moratorium and uh, the control of Airbnb, of short-term rental units, uh, of which there are about 10,000 in San Francisco, um, uh, which uh, uh, have created an extraordinary, they have basically taken the vacancy rate in rental housing in San Francisco. There is zero vacancy rate in effective because of uh, 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 short-term rentals uh, taking a place of permanent housing. Yeah. So we're evicting long-time residents to house well-heeled tourists, and that's called a housing program uh, in Ed Lee's San Francisco. Well, a little footnote about that. Airbnb is a, uh, uh, comes with a, uh, the, the, the social media, which came a little bit later, comes with that, where people are able to go online and uh, be connected up to somebody who's got uh, who's who's turned their their place over at least a room over a room a room or so to uh, short-term housing which is called short-term housing you're coming to san francisco you don't want to stay in the hilton you're, you're a little too posh to stay in a in a hostel but in fact you can find this like you can find it right across town and don't have to go to yellow cab anymore that's happening as well and be hooked up and connected and rent a room for a day right. in a place that used to be a place for people to live. Is yeah, it's right mistakenly so called the sharing economy, and of course it's not sharing at all. The, those of us who uh, kind of grew to consciousness in the Haight-Ashbury uh, kind of have the attitude that we understand what sharing is, and the essential aspect of sharing is that it's free. Uh, you actually share. Uh, what is called the sharing economy is the old cash nexus. Uh, there is no sharing at all, and especially the technologically-based sharing economies, Uber um, and Airbnb. The one thing that they refuse to share, especially with government, is the data. Because the data that they collect puts the lie to the narrative that they want to create. So uh, right now, the state of California is leaning, is suing uh, 
uh, uh, Uber because Uber refuses to share what zip codes does Uber serve because it's clear that large parts of San Francisco are not served by Uber. The lower income parts of San Francisco, the parts of San Francisco that are away from downtown. And second of all, they will not share the data that they have on how many rides are dropped because the person has a physical disability or a guide dog. Um, uh, so they don't want to share that information while being part of the sharing economy. Airbnb doesn't want to share how many of the units are owned by one person. Uh, the law in San Francisco is you can do quote unquote home sharing if it is your primary residence. That is to say, if you're not displacing anyone, if you're in fact using your own house. Well, Airbnb knows exactly how many people have eight, nine, 20, 40 units that they are quote unquote sharing. And uh, unless there's some sort of fantastic transformation of the physical level, it's very difficult to divide oneself into 40 to have 40 primary residences. So Airbnb does not want to share that data with the city. Airbnb does not want to share how many nights a week, a month, a year, a unit is in fact short, uh, a short-term rental. They do not want to, sh to prohibit folks who are not registered with the city from doing, uh, uh, being placed in their web base. Uh, all of those things uh, are being addressed uh, uh, in the ballot measure, Proposition F, that is before uh, the voters uh, uh, this November. But David, there's, there's I think, a, a more profound relationship between, profound, uh, between Propositions F, I, which grew out of the struggle around 24th Moratorium. Street. No, I no. is the proprietary businesses. Okay, it will sorry. create a new classification. If you've been in business or if you're a nonprofit, uh, and in providing a service in a neighborhood for more than 10 years, you won't be immediately allowed to be evicted. Uh, uh, you will be called a legacy business, and in fact, if uh, you, uh, it is determined that you are legitimately there uh, for, for at least 10 years, you will be available for some city funding to, to help you continue to stay. That came directly out of a struggle in the mission uh, around 24th Street. Proposition J is the moratorium. The mission has the highest number of units that are short-term rentals of any neighborhood in the city. It is the tip of the lance of where, uh, if you will, sharing economy oppression occurs. Uh, uh, the highest number of evictions to create vacant units to be quote unquote shared is happening in the mission according to, to city uh, uh, studies. And then finally, uh, uh, so these three measures, F, I, and J, all came from community struggles, two locust uh, uh, in the mission, uh, the 24th Street uh, uh, struggle resulting in what is called the legacy business measure. Or the lower 24th Street cultural corridors was coming out of... Uh, there you uh, go. It's the lower... Uh, Proposition uh, J, which is the moratorium and, and required planning process uh, uh, in the mission, which will actually ban uh, market rate construction. 
uh, for an 18-month period until a plan is devised to, uh, for the city to uh, ensure that 50% of all future residential development in the mission uh, is affordable uh, to current residents of the mission. Um, <clears throat> and then Proposition F is the limitation and required data sharing uh, uh, so that the city can, in fact, effectively enforce uh, uh, short-term rentals. And then Proposition K is the result of community groups analyzing how the city functions and coming up with a change. The city owns an extraordinary amount of land in San Francisco. And in, high, in periods of high real estate value, it is not unknown that the city likes to sell that land, not for affordable housing, but for housing that nobody in San Francisco can afford. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, eight Washington measure, the, the, the waterfront high rise, the million dollar condos on the northern waterfront was on publicly owned land. Uh, uh, the Giants have a measure on, the, on uh, the ballot that will build four 250 foot towers uh, on a parking lot immediately to the south of uh, 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 Willie Mays Park. Uh, um, uh, that's on public land. Uh, the Warriors are proposing uh, uh, to build a, a stadium also uh, once uh, uh, public land. So what Proposition K will do, should it be passed, is if the city declares a piece of property surplus, it must first offer it for affordable housing development. And if the city cannot come up with the price uh, for itself to buy its own land for affordable housing development, then the requirement will be if the city sells that land, 50% of the housing built on it has to be affordable to people earning median income or less in San Francisco. And which proposition will that be again? Proposition K. Okay, K. So the ones to look for is F. I, J, and K. They really will, taken together, have a profound impact to shift the narrative, but more importantly, to shift the reality in San Francisco. Folks, if we can regulate Airbnb in its hometown, that endless nonsense that is written about San Francisco being this tech uh, libertarian mecca, will be repealed. Uh, there will have to be a new narrative created. Well, we want to create that new narrative, which is, in fact, a really old narrative. When we first met on Hate Street, it was a battle zone, but there is still that feeling. Now what's left for the stroll is 24th Street. Hate Street is pretty well what it is, gone. Uh, North Beach and the Beat area, gone. But 24th Street is still pretty live and still vibrant. And so this is one of the steps. Second of all, we say around here, I say at city, in the city, on the planet, in the street. You mentioned two of the two of property in which city college. Now the board of trustees is finally back. They're going to have their meeting, I believe, on Thursday. And a couple of things are taken up. One, once you meant this property, one is a city college pro property, which is uh, Gough Street, Street, which they'd like to sell off for market rate housing. For market rate housing. 
Hopefully the J will cover that. It We're, won't be it able won't. to. It won't go into effect before. Well, so that's a whole other fight. It's going to be up to the board of uh, the board of community college well, well, really, to say no. So come on through Thursday. Well, that's going to be right up there. We have a new board. The new the old board uh, elected has never really. I think they've had one meeting, but they're back. And the special trustee with extraordinary power will be there with no longer extraordinary powers, and uh, he'll be there. So so how this works out? I'll be, I'll be there. I'm going to do my best to get people there, but let's cut back to the chase again. You have these four. You have you have these are all facets in the same, uh, all facets in the same diamond in the rough. You have. as far as community struggles, we took, we occupied City Hall twice, uh, out of which uh, which we always did. we couldn't get two thirds, but the, the moratorium was was voted on. We didn't get two thirds, but we had an endless stream of people coming up to speak in public comment. I was one of them. Others uh, at the same time marching around were all the kids. It was an occupation. All the youth uh, marching around chanting, uh, no monster in the mission. And we're talking about a bunch of monsters that are, that are approaching, that are circling around right now. So we're talking about a campaign, hopefully a joint campaign, hopefully a united campaign where these different facets of the same struggle can come together and all four are already going to be on the ballot. Is that right? Yes. It's so, yes on F, yes on I, yes on J. Yes, on K. Now, how can people get more information? Because we want to, what's the next step? It's on, they're on the ballot now. Well, you can contact uh, our campaign, the, okay. the Proposition F campaign, okay, uh, directly at sharebettersf.com. Uh, a better way to share uh, uh, than uh, Airbnb, sharebettersf.com. Uh, and uh, if you uh, uh, say that you want to be sure that you address the other three issues, we'll make sure that you get hooked up uh, with the other issues. We're working very closely with the moratorium people. We're in conversation with a variety of forces from, uh, uh, the lab from labor and the community and trying to put together a joint slate card um, uh, for these four measures, maybe one or two other measures as well, but certainly the core will be these four measures. And so the, the state card will unite people. I guess, uh, we, we had um, the, the, the Community Congress, which are one of our first big joint uh, efforts. The, for the people behind, uh, behind the Community Congress, number one. What year was that, the Community Congress? 1975. 1975, and that was a kickoff, and it's still going on. I think there are many reasons reasons why we should start there but we have the, the mission is getting more and more together several coalitions emerging hopefully they'll find that common thread but reaching coalitions our, our brother Avalos is now getting termed out uh, David Campos who represents uh, this neighborhood and the and Bernal is getting termed out so all this will be connected they all have there's a lot of people with dogs in this fight am I right correct well let's take our far 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 let's go everybody one two three Arf, 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 arf. We're all dogs in this fight. Is that right? That's right. Don't take fright. We're all dogs in this fight, doing more together than we can do on our own. Well, I want to tell you, Calvin, that please consider this, this program, this station is a freewheeling station. And invite people to, people are always welcome here. It's, it's, it's not once in a while, but each and every Friday, three to six, streaming around the planet on the internet, but being right here in San Francisco. Great, David. You, you bet. Thank you. And so, uh, the, 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 but before you go, Calvin, let's, uh, uh, I always say cast even a wider net. You and I go back to the early 70s, 
First Community Congress, Second Community Congress, doing many things, and we're still together together. New generations have come in. And I, and I guess our role is making these contacts with these connections with people who weren't even born then. Right, and but then get out of the, the same way. struggle. Well, we're getting get out, but out we want to leave the seeds of who we are and put forth some backstory, some history, some history. There's been a few books, Left Coast City, and books like this, which took it up Gordon, to— Gordon Chin has just written an excellent book called uh, Community Organizing Chinatown Style. I strongly urge people uh, uh, to take a look at it. It's Gordon Chin, uh, 35 years of community organizing in Chinatown, taking what was once uh, an extraordinarily isolated community and putting it right in the middle. And of, you uh, remember that time too? Struggle. That was still was at the early 80s when uh, uh, Chinatown had been totally a province of the six companies, mm -hmm. and uh, Iwo Chang came, out of state college came uh, Alex. Uh, Alex and the Red Guards, you remember that? Yeah. And yep. the Red Guards. And, uh, of course, uh, we talk about our brother Gordon, Mar, Eric Marr, representing the, the, the Richmond, his brother. I'm talking about uh, Chinese, Chinatown, Chinese Progressive Association. Yep, yep. Certainly is part of part and parcel of all that. So I want to use this room. Use this where we got, to, what, what was it, 22,000 downloads, Val? In March, in March, over twenty-two thousand downloads. We haven't gotten the code, so people are listening. People in June, are realizing rather. this is the this is the go-to place to find out what's going on. Here's some few music, doing more together than any of us can do on our own. Join us at ShareBetterSF.com. And uh, so, uh, hey, Calvin, so glad you came by. Stick around. Ubi is going to come on That's great. and play some music. Stick around gonna, for a bit. I want to listen to Ubi. Well, you do. Here's my son, Ubi. He was a, he was a babe in arms pretty much then, born in 66. Now he's a full-fledged uh, adult human being. So, Calvin, what I want to say to you, you know, is that please feel free to let people know each and every Friday to come through. I'll try to tra track down Gordon Sheehan. And use this as a way to let this uh, this coalition, of which uh, we're part, part and parcel, we're now elders now, brother. We're now old timers now, brother. We're now geezers now, brother. We now still be doing it, brother, and passing on. Do you hear me, people? Yeah. Well, yeah. Here's a Vietnam vets against the war, right there. So anyway, without further ado. And if you have any questions, you can call us, 415-550-511, or connect with me, Diamond Dave, on Facebook, to be continued, for sure. And, and uh, so as a slate card, Calvin, you don't have to, but as a slate card, there'll be a, a committee coming together, some kind of working group of people to come together on that slate card, and most important, getting it out. Am I right? Absolutely. And we have the social media. Airbnb and all those people are feasting on the social media. They're called the sharing economy, but we want to continue that very that very sharing economy here at the bottom looking up. Is that right? Share better. Looking up and looking Share up. ShareBetterSF.com. Around here, we're not. Uh, this is not KPFA, where it's all about victims, victims, victims. This is uh, this is more about this is also about what we can do, doing together and doing it in a joyful way. Because joy is, is knowing that what you're doing is right and righteous. And we got this long history and hipstery and herstory, Calvin. Our kids are grown. In fact, without further ado, hey, Ruby. Take it away. I want you to do a couple of songs and uh, lead it up to that song. You know what to do. Just go do it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, let's give it up here for Diamond D in the house. That's what I'm going to tell you. Mutiny Radio in the house. Yeah, now, now, I'm, uh, yeah they deserve to shout. Calvin Welch. I do remember him when I was a little tiny one. Right on. Good people.
Anyway. So going on at 409 House. That, yeah, it was a happening spot. I mean, I was Dang. real young. I can barely remember, Bob but Kelly I remember that the number 409. And then it was a chemical, so that, that reinforced it later for me in, in life. I want to mention Calvin, I want to mention Rene Castanet and Bob Covington and so many others. So the two of them have gone to the sky. We're still here. Hey, we love you, brothers. Take it away, Ubi. Hey. This is New Little Willie I've been working on. New Little Willie. Baby, baby, baby. Baby, I miss you. Miss you. Yow. Baby, 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 yow. Baby, I miss you. Yow. That's as far as I got is those lyrics. It goes like this. Baby, 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 I miss you. Baby, I miss you. Baby, 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 I miss you. Yow. A guitar. All right, so that's just a little taste of that new little song that I'm writing. It's called Baby, I Miss You, of course. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to make it easy for people. You know, less words, people can remember it, and it's easier for me to remember. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Anyway, <laughs> now I'm going to slow it down a little bit. my love song. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's all we need. It's just a little bit of love, baby. That's all we need. That's all we need. That's all we need, baby. It's just a little bit of love in this world today. All we need is just a little bit of love, baby. Yeah.
that's all we need. Yeah, baby, that's that's all we need. That's what we need in this world. That's all we need, baby. It's just a little bit of love to get through this today. That's all we need is just a little bit of love. Wowzy. Wowzy. Yeah, oh my god. Hey, people. That be ooby dooby. Taking it further, taking it on, taking it out. Do you want to do one more song? Well, I'll just do a quick blues number for you. Yeah, Take give us a little of that blues. It shows what you can do. That was on the fuck side, now the blues side, and he's standing right between. I see. Said we're chilling once again down at Mutiny Radio. Yeah, I gotta warm my unit up first. All right, I'm gonna get it together. You're getting it together. I'm trying to get our our, our, our theme song. I said we're hanging out again. Hanging out again on. Friday. It's a Friday. I said hanging out again. I were hanging out again. On Friday. It's a Friday. Father and son right hanging out here. Hanging down at Mutiny Radio. Doing all this stuff. Bringing the people on. I said it's Friday. And we're hanging out again. Showing it's a better way. I said Friday, baby. Yeah. And we're hanging out again. Bringing the people together. Me and Diamond D. That's hanging down. Down at Mutiny Radio. Fuck yeah. Beaching every week, every Friday, that people keep coming through, bringing what they have to bring, and nobody goes without. Bringing it back again, once again. Still on the planet. Did I plan it? At city, in the city, on the planet, and in the street. That's where you find. That's from what it, which of which it comes. Where are we again? We're, we're at Mutiny Radio, that's right. We're chilling once again. Chilling. <laughs> Down and at Mutiny Radio. Doing it. Just I having a little fun. Me and right Diamond here. D. I see four winds <laughs> right here. I see Calvin hanging out. And here he comes. And he's brought a friend along. You know what's happening right now. We got a long history, a backstory, that's for sure. But we'd still be doing what we still be now, bringing together the music, the poetry, the spoken word, yeah. the politics, here at the bottom, looking up. That's right. That's what we're doing. All right, Diamond D, I liked your backup. Help me out. I said we're chilling once again. Chilling once again. Down at Mutiny Radio. Down at Mutiny Radio. Wow. I said we're chilling once again. Chilling once again. Down at Mutiny Radio. Putting out those sounds. It's once again, it's Friday. And we're chilling at Mutiny Radio. Said doing more together than any of us could do on our own. <laughs> this be the real sharing economy. 
No, we're not that baby. We're not this and that. There he goes. That's rock and roll. We get into it. That's what they call rock and roll. Make sure. (laughs) Turn that microphone back on. Still keeping that spirit going after all these many years. Decades, in fact. 1957, Beatniks. 1967, Hippies. Freaks in the 70s. And punk rock roaring in the back. 25 years anniversary of punk rock. Coming through and coming back. We'll be talking about that next week or the week after. Frightwig is coming. Some of those gold bands, the first woman's band, Frightwig, are going to be playing here in town, maybe in this room. So hang on in. Hey, I... Thanks, Ruby. Hey, Val, take it away. I'm going to bring Ruby, uh, Ruby Mountain up here. Put some music on. All right. Sounds good. Hey, thanks, Ubi, for coming in live. Of course, you know, our theme song is Ubi's song. Everything's going to be all right. And it is all right because it's Friday. And it's more than all right because this is the Common Thread Collective on Mutiny Radio. Uh, so come on down and join us. We're at the corner of 21st in Florida. This, this is what's happening. My name, it means nothing. In my age, it means less. For the country I come from is called the Midwest. I was taught and brought up to. The laws to abide, and that the land that I live in has God on its side. All the history books tell it, they tell it. So well, the cavalry's charge and the Indians fell. The cavalry's charge and the Indians died. All oh, the country was young then. With God on its side, the Spanish American war had its day, and the Civil War too was was soon laid away. And the names of the heroes 
he'll stop the next We certainly hope that something will stop the next war, and we think around here that uh, putting out our good intentions and getting together and finding creative, positive solutions to uh, make a better world, that's what's going to stop wars. That's what's going to stop wars in people's hearts, and that's the root of it all. So thanks for listening to the Common Thread Collective. That was the Neville Brothers, um, a nice... A nice long track, I must admit, that I put on so I could go out and make sure we had plenty of microphones set up, because this is an open mic situation here at Mutiny Radio, 21st in Florida, 2781 21st Street in the Mission District. And up next at the microphone, because this is what we do here, um, we hook it up is Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Hey there. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be here. I feel so grateful to be on stage with Diamond Dave. You're such a treasure. All I know is Ruby Mountain, so you got a diamond and a ruby. Diamond in <laughs> the rough. A diamond in the rough and a ruby for real right here. That's right. And uh, she's here because I got a text saying I'm back from Afghanistan. And you had with uh, Facebook, uh, the social media, we've been doing that on Facebook. Look who's here. Every champion. Oh my goodness, this is going to be another Cambio amazing show. Just walked in. This Cambre, duo this Cambio. Wind song <laughs> and company. So stick around for a bit. Welcome, everybody. Enjoy. So, so we're talking to Crystal there, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, you're walking out the door. You're talking to Crystal there, who's about to do some music. <laughs> let's carry, okay, let's well, carry forward. Be, I mean, here'll be uh, Ruby uh, Mountain. Back from Afghanistan, and she's t- decided not to come empty-handed, but to bring back with her was, uh, some of her experiences, because some of her connections with her lineage. There was that, that outside of Kabul, eh? Mm-hmm. You went to Kabul and then found your yeah. Family. We um, we flew into Kabul, and I got to see my dad's house um, that he that he built with my uncle. And after a missile bombing a tree in front of it, the Taliban um, shooting through the walls, multiple people in our family living in it and leaving it to you know, take refuge in pa- 